Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz this week. So I wanna talk about this combination of a diminished sound, but using it in dominant settings. You may not know what either of those words means, but we're gonna get there. Um, and that lick that I played just a second ago, this classic lick that we've heard zillions of people play over the years, I wanna talk about that lick. So I'm gonna give you that lick, gonna show it to you, but most importantly is what's behind it, the concept behind it and how we get to it is far more important than the lick, I would say. And I think that goes for most licks anyway. And now of course, this is for all instruments, right? This isn't just saxophone stuff. So, um, I was reminded of this lick actually at Jazzwire. If you haven't heard about it, check out jazzwire.net. So I've been working in the blue community, one of our three communities at Jazzwire, and we were working on the Wes Montgomery tune, Full House. And we were talking about how to play over this vamp of just a minor chord going to a dominant chord, F minor seven going to B flat dominant seven, and brainstorming ideas inside the community, which is the cool thing about Jazzwire. It's not just me preaching what I feel like preaching about like these videos. It's a community having a conversation and deciding you know, what, what we're gonna do and hey, what about this? Or what happens if I do that? So somebody brought up this lick. Um, it was actually a fantastic uh, trumpet player uh, Tobias, thank you very much for uh, getting us rolling on this idea. And now, so he brought up this um, this lick, and it was uh, exactly what I have on the sheet here. And uh, let me play it for you. Number four on the sheet. So that's a lick we've all heard played many, many, many times. And so I mentioned in the community, um, hey, are you folks aware that this is actually a great dominant lick, you know, a great, in this instance, C7 lick, but it's derived from diminished scale. And a lot of folks who knew of the lick, who have played things very much like this, didn't really know where it came from and the fact that there was diminished relationships hiding inside it. So let's dig into that. So first of all, what does that mean, diminished relationships? And no, I'm not talking about your last girlfriend or boyfriend. I am talking about diminished meaning minor thirds. So if you look on the sheet, you will see the first item there, number one. Uh, diminished means simply minor thirds. C to E flat, E flat to F sharp, F sharp to A, A to C. All of those notes are separated by what interval? A minor third. Sounds like this. Okay, so what I pointed out, and now, so here's the part where I could do another like 45 minutes of background, which nobody wants, or you guys could agree that I know what I'm talking about. How about this? This will make it simpler for the rest of the videos. Let's just agree Jeff knows uh, a lot, possibly everything, but let's just go with a lot, okay? And by the way, my wife and kid love it when I say that kind of stuff because they do not agree. So let's, uh, let's go on this point of departure that that C diminished chord actually fits kind of nicely inside a C dominant chord. So I wrote in example number one, a C7 sharp nine chord, a sort of altered chord. And we see that we have the root, we have the sharp nine relative to the C dominant chord, a sharp 11, 
and a 13th or a sixth scale degree. So not a ton of chord tones, but actually a ton of very nice um, tension notes or upper extensions or notes that have a little flavor in them. And that is why we would use a diminished sound in the first place, because we're trying to extend the sound. If you're trying to get right inside the chords, this is not for you. This is not exactly going to get you there. This is a more expanded version, a more interesting version of what we can do with these chords. So when you see a C7 chord, I'm saying that there's some cool sounds inside a C diminished chord. So let's walk through this a little bit. And then I'm going to do some playing for you. I'm going to play the song that we've been doing at Jazzwire. Um, in that particular community, we've been working for a couple weeks on the West Montgomery song Full House. So I'll play a little bit so you can hear what this thing sounds like. In item number two, I took those diminished notes from item one, and I just sort of arbitrarily came up with an interesting thing to do. What if I play those notes and then go down a whole step? So that's what we see in example two. That's actually a pretty nice sound. So the top note of every two-note grouping, I put a little V above. That's not an articulation. It's not a violin bowing or anything like that. Um, what that is supposed to do is point out to you, hey, here are these diminished notes that we started talking about. Cool. So now those notes that I went down to, a whole step below. Let's look at just those notes. So I went down to a B flat. I went down to a D flat. I went down to an E natural. I went down to a G, and then at the top I went down to a B flat again. So I'm looking at just the bottom notes in item number two. Those bottom notes are pretty cool because we see actually a lot of chord tones from our C7. The B flat that I go down to is a flat seven, right? The D flat I go down to is a flat nine. So cool classic extension that we would use, one of the first ones we would learn. I go down to the third, the E natural. I go down to the fifth. So it's very interesting. The top notes are these nice sort of challenging extensions, perhaps sharp nines and sharp 11s. And the notes that I go down to each time are actually chord tones. So it's a very nice combination of notes that gives us a nice C7 kind of tonality. So let's go on to the third item, and we're building up to this lick. Now, in the third item, all I'm doing is playing that same grouping of two notes. Here's my starting note, and now I'm going down a whole step. I'm doing that same grouping, but instead of going up the diminished chord, C, E flat, F sharp, A, C, now I'm going to come down, C, A, F sharp, E flat, C. And it looks and sounds like this, item number three. It's another great sound, and it actually gives you a scale. When we mush all those notes together, you actually end up playing the half-whole diminished scale. 
So I've done other videos, I think two at least, other videos on this intersection of diminished and dominant. There are so many ways to look at it. So this is yet a different way to look at it. And in this video, we're sort of building up or rather starting with that cool lick that we're gonna to get to right away. And I sort of dismantled it and now we're gonna end up at that lick. So there's so many ways to think about dominant and diminished being related to each other. So now look at number four and you will see that instead of coming down the diminished chord tones, C down to A, down to F sharp, down to E flat, again, the notes from item number one, Instead of walking down the chord, now I sort of step, stair-step down the chord. In other words, I play C and then I play F sharp. Then I go up to A and down to E flat and up to F sharp. So that's what we're doing here. And here's what we get when we do that. It's a pretty wonderful sound. So one of the big powers of this is the diminished sound, that diminished root motion, we could call it. And anything you do with diminished, those minor thirds or alternating minor thirds, um, gets you this very cool sound. And anything that involves minor thirds, I am saying, um, relates to dominant chords. So that was one thing I remember being told a lot of times in university and in lessons and in books that I read and in the back of a Jamie Abersold, you know, play along or something. Yeah, diminished is really cool over dominant. And I just never had a good sense of how that was. How did that get applied? It was probably explained to me, but it was a little complicated. I needed to slow down and take a month on that at the time when I was first hearing this, right? And that's what I'm suggesting you do here, is you may have to go back over this once or twice and just really see how those diminished chords fit inside a dominant chord. And that's when the world really opens up for you. And that's what I was seeing at jazzwire.net in the blue community where people were seeing like, oh yeah, you know, I've heard that diminished fits on dominant and oh yeah, I guess I see how this is diminished. And it was starting to come together for people. So the idea is when you see a C7 chord, you can play this lick. So if you just learn how to muscle this lick out and memorize it in this key, fantastic. Um, but understanding what's behind it. And again, whenever on the sheet you see those, those Vs, those sort of upside down articulations, that's pointing at the diminished notes that you would think about. So I hope that's really helpful for you. Now I've mentioned Jazzwire a couple times. If you're interested in joining us at jazzwire.net, we're getting down to the wire here. May 1st, 2019, we have, uh, up till that date, we have 50% uh, off registration. So if you'd like to join us, use the code DIGGINGSPRING and uh, you will get 55, or sorry, 50% off registration fee. And uh, I would love to work with you there. We have over 100 people having a blast and working together from all around the world. It's 20 some countries. So I hope we'll see you there. So now let me do this. Let me play a little bit over the A section of Full House. I'll put the lead sheet up for you and you can see it's really just an F minor going to a B flat dominant seven. So it's this material, but in the key of B flat. And you can see what it sounds like. And um, one thing I'll say is um, this doesn't fit as perfectly over the minor chord 
but it still kind of works. So now, if I were playing a song like Caravan, or a song like Bolivia, or many songs that have a bunch of one dominant chord, this is perfect for those sort of places. Now here, we have this minor chord that keeps coming back. The interesting thing, it crunches over the minor chord a little bit, but to my ear, it crunches in sort of a cool way. And it always makes sense as we get to the dominant chord. So that's a really a second embedded lesson right here, is you can actually use this diminished sound over a dominant chord, over a minor chord. So it, this gets to be incredibly rich and incredibly useful, but it really does some, take some time to sort of get your ear and your brain caught up with it. That's what I'd love to help you with. So let me play a little bit here for you. So what do you think? Uh, when I first started playing, I was playing some of the more consonant notes. I could tell which were the more consonant notes to play sort of over the minor chord. And so I just played this very slowly to begin with. I play these two notes, and then I play these two notes, and then I play these two notes. So I played them slower. Perhaps we could say it sounded more melodic, or maybe we could say it sounded more motivic, or both. In other words, I was saying something and saying it again at a different pitch level. That is developing an idea. So that's a huge concept that's inside this lick, is it's repetitive. There's motivic development. So that is so cool, right? And so I played it in a slow way. I then played it in a faster way. I played it in a descending way. I played it in an ascending way. I played it in a more sort of random way. I played these two notes, and then these two notes, and then these two notes, and then these two notes. Always from these four groups of notes, but I wasn't playing them in a particular pattern. But just the fact that this two-note cluster or group, this two-note cluster, it still sounded very motivic. And now the disclaimer is, that wasn't a good solo. I mean, I was, you know, using way too much of one sound. But when I pick and choose where to use that, or when I play a whole first chorus and play a little more inside, I play a little more bluesy, I build, now the drummer's working behind me, and now I can take my solo to another level when I start introducing a little melodic tension like that. So it's a fantastic device. And as I said, here's a fantastic lick. I want you to learn it, play it. Good health to you. But the bigger thing I want you to understand is what diminished is 
and how it's hiding inside a dominant chord. That's what I want you to learn. Uh, I don't, uh, it, to me, handing out licks is not very interesting. I mean, it's cool and everything. Uh, there's that old saying about, I don't want to give you a fish, and I really don't want to give you a fish. I'd rather teach you how to fish. I wouldn't even know how to give you a fish over the internet. So um, you understand, right? I don't want to just give you licks. I want to teach you what's behind the lick so you can make up your own, you can develop your own sound. That's what this stuff is about. So I hope I'll get to work with you. Uh, please check out www.jazzwire.net. And if you're interested in this PDF, please uh, send me an email, write me at diggingdeeperjazz@gmail.com, and I would be happy to get it off to you. So play this lick, get it under your fingers. Have a great week. Hey.